Welcome to PBC Talks. If you would like to find out more information, please visit pbc.org.uk. Good morning, everybody. It's great to be here. I know that whenever there's a, a Matt Williamson involved with something, that there's always an air of mystery about which one it's going to be. Um, I was speaking to the other Matt Williamson over, over the past couple of weeks, and we've got to the point where actually neither of us know which one of us is meant to be where. Um, so I'm sure there's going to be an occasion where either we both turn up for something or neither of us do. Um, but there's been definitely a few occasions where, where somebody's uh, messaged me and said, oh, Matt, we'd really like you to come and do something. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm really up for it. And then I get a message saying, oh, sorry, we, we actually meant the other one. Uh, so I'm really sorry you've drawn the short straw this morning, uh, but, but I, know you've got, I know you've got the taller, better-looking better looking Matt Williamson coming to your weekend away, I think. Is that right? So enjoy that. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a youth worker. I work with Wilmslow Youth, and um, at the moment, uh, in the charity that, that we're working in, we feel that God has really challenged us to not get comfortable and to learn to risk again. And wherever we have started doing something and it's become just our day-to-day norm, we feel like God is challenging us to say, actually, start doing stuff that's uncomfortable again. Start following where I'm leading you. And where we've started to be able to do things just under our own strength and in our own ability, we feel like God is challenging us to get close to him, that he's calling us to prayer again. Um, and so we're, we're making a real push amongst ourselves to get together and get together with God and just pursue him in prayer over this little season that we're in at the moment. So when Will spoke to me and he said, actually, at the moment at PBC, that's exactly what we're doing, this conversations with our creator. Uh, I was really excited about that. I was excited about what's been going on. And, you know, listening back over the series, over the three talks that have happened already, the thing that's really stood out to me is the reminder that that prayer is an invitation to partnership and adventure with God, but that it's not just about me on my own and God. It's not just about that dynamic, but it's about us together as a community, as a church, pursuing God together and pursuing and being with one another in that. Just like the 12 people from this church when there were just 12 members who got together and prayed and prayed and prayed and then saw an amazing move of God happen in this church and in Poynton. It's about us as community getting together. You know, the Lord's Prayer, it doesn't have a single mention of me or I. It's all about us. It's about us and it's about him. Our Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us our daily bread. When we're praying that, give us our daily bread. It's not just give me what I need, but it's about looking out to the people around us and saying, God, together, will you meet our needs as a community? Would you help us to be part of that? And so, for me, that's the thing that's really stuck out. It's about us journeying together with God. It's it's a journey of understanding who we are in God and what it means to be part of his family. The Archbishop um, of Canterbury, Justin Welby, he said this. He said, prayer is how we establish our true identity. As individuals and as the church, in prayer, our identity is changed to be more aligned with the identity of God. 
the identity that in love we are called towards. And as Mother Teresa says, prayer enlarges the heart until it is capable of containing God's gift of himself. So as we pray, we become that little bit more like God. As we share life with him, we learn to find joy and gratitude in the big things and in the tiny things as well, in the day-to-day parts of life. Uh, Albert Einstein, I think, he said, you can either live as if nothing is a miracle or live as everything is a miracle. And like learning to pray and learning to spend that time with God, you kind of learn to enjoy the miraculous in all of the tiny little things. So this whole series, it started with adoration. And I think that's great because then it's not about coming to God with our to-do list and saying this is what we want, but it's about enjoying God. Just coming and enjoying being with him, spending that time, enjoying his presence and him enjoying us as well. But within the context of that relationship, God invites us to bring our needs to him. And he invites us to bring the stuff that's going on that's a bit difficult in our lives and bring it to him and say, God, will you get involved? So this morning, we're going to look at how sometimes when it comes to prayer, sometimes things don't just happen immediately. Sometimes, sometimes actually we deal with the hurt of unanswered prayer. Sometimes we go through times where we're wrestling with God and it might feel like God is silent. And I know that there will be some, thanks for stopping everyone being blinded. Um, I just saw like the first three rows here, just like, <laughs> it's the glory of the Lord. No, um, but I know that there will be some people in this room who you might have been praying for stuff for a really, really long time. There might be something that's really personal to you, something really important to you. And you've been faithfully bringing it to God over and over and over again. And so the question this morning is, how do we deal with it? when we feel like God is silent? How do we deal with it when we feel like we're bringing stuff to God, that we're wrestling with God, uh, and we don't know what he's doing? We find it hard to see what he's up to. And my hope this morning is that God would show us that in the process of wrestling with him and pursuing him about the things that matter most to us, in that process we would find intimacy with him and we would find comfort in him. And we would know him being close. I, I grew up in, in a family of all boys. I've got two brothers. And in my extended family, it's all boys as well. So on my mum's side, there's eight of us lads. And then there's one girl. <laughs> Poor girl. Actually, she's in charge. She, she, is like, she has no trouble whatsoever. But... Um, there's, there's eight of us, and some of them are absolutely enormous. One of my cousins is six foot seven. He's a six foot seven Scottish guy. Um, and, uh, and the way that we greet each other, the way that we say hello whenever we meet up is we just fight. Um, it, it's an affectionate fighting. So they'll, they'll walk through the door, and I'll just hear, hear this booming Scottish voice. All right, Matthew. And then I will get picked up off my feet, and I'll be thrown on the floor. And before I know it, I've got like seven people sitting on top of me. But like the, the way that we interact with each other, especially when we first meet each other, is we just grab each other and we wrestle. And it's a, it's a competition to see who can end up pinning the other person to the ground, sitting on their chest and just flicking them in the face uh, until they beg for mercy. But... You know what? It, it's it's loads of fun, and it's it, and and we're 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 lads. It, it's how we show affection to each other. We show affection by by being horrible to one another. It's the same same with my brothers. You know, if you come round to our house, uh, you would just think that we hate each other, and sometimes we do. But generally speaking, we, it's the way that we show affection to one another. Um, and 
You know what? I think wrestling like that, when you just grab hold of someone, when you're wrestling with them, what you do is you go up and you take hold of them and they take hold of you and you're holding each other close and yes, you're kind of trying to pin each other down, but there's something, there's something in it that is just kind of fun. And there's something in it that, that like helps build that bond with that other person. And when we talk about wrestling with God, it's not about who is going to beat who. But when we talk about wrestling with God, what I mean is we grab hold of him. And God grabs hold of us. And you pull each other close and you're holding on to one another. There's something close and personal about the times that we spend wrestling with God. And, you know... There will there'll be times in our life, whether it's something that's happening right now, or whether it's something that, that is to come, there are times where we deal with stuff that is hard, where we deal with people that we care about going through illnesses, where we struggle with addictions, where we're desperate for just somebody to find something of, of God's love and recognize God's love for them, where we deal with a, a personal financial crisis or whatever it is. But there's times where our life can just hit the rocks and we can find ourselves saying, God, in the middle of this, where are you? What's going on? What are you doing? And it's in those times that we need to remember that, that God's silence is not the same as his absence. When we don't hear God, it doesn't mean that he is far away. And far from leaving us abandoned in pain, he comes and he takes hold of us right in the middle of it. When the psalmist talks about saying, you know, I, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He's not saying that because he's brave or smart or strong, but he says, I'll fear no evil because you're with me. You are here. You're in the middle of it with me. His circumstances haven't changed. He's still in the valley. He's still walking through it. But the difference is that God is right there. And God is right in the midst of it with him. And God has a plan. And the truth is that somehow, in the midst of everything, God is at work. God is at work in us. God is at work in the circumstances around us. And what we learn is that actually there is a purpose in the waiting. And there's an intimacy in the persevering. Because sometimes the hardest moments of our lives are the moments where God is most tangibly present, where he is with us in a way that we feel the most. It's in the waiting and the journeying that we grow. It's in the waiting and the persevering and the wrestling that we learn what dependency on God actually looks like. And that's where we discover that God is the God of the process and not just of the end product. There's a story in, uh, in Exodus 33 where you have a conversation between Moses and God. And Moses has just been through this, this whole thing where he's uh, been pleading with God to help rescue the Israelites. And God sends him and they rescue the Israelites out of slavery and they have a miraculous, amazing escape. And God's got this promise for him saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to the promised land. I'm going to take you to a place overflowing with milk and honey that will be your land and you will be safe and you will prosper and all of that sort of stuff. And they go through a bit of a rocky time. Um, and eventually God speaks to Moses and, and he says this. He says, okay, how about this? I want you to go to that promised land and you can go there right now. You can have it all right now. 
I'm going to send an angel ahead of you to clear out all of your enemies, all of the opposition, so that you can just walk in and have it. Everything that you've been praying for, everything that you've been hoping for, the stuff that you've waited years and years and years for, you can have it. It's available to you right now. But here's the thing. If you do that, I'm not going with you. You can have it right now, but you'll be having it without me. And Moses is faced with this question of all of the stuff that he's been wrestling with, all the stuff that he's been praying for. It's like, do I want all of this if it means I don't have God? Do I want all of this if it means I never feel his presence with me again? And that must have been such a hard decision to make. And if we put that into our own context, all of the stuff that... that is going on right now in your life, whatever it is, if everything that you have ever prayed for, everything that you've ever hoped for, all of the stuff that you've chased God down for over the years, if you could have it right now, but know that actually you would never have that closeness, that intimacy with God again, would you take it? And of course, we all know what the, what the right answer is. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Like, no, I, 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 would, I would reject it and I would go for God. But actually, that's a really hard thing. Because this is the stuff that matters most to us. This is the stuff that really, really sits with us. But somehow in that moment, Moses turned around and he said, God, if you're not coming with me, don't send me. If you're not coming, don't send us there. And they end up taking a long, long time. But that whole time that they're journeying, God is with them. And that's a huge challenge for us. But you see, God is more interested in the process than the product. The most important gift that God wants to give you is himself. And it's in that process that we learn to lean on him. And the truth is that through some of those hardships, through some of those those waiting times, that can be the time where God is most tangibly present with us, where he is really, really close to us. And that doesn't mean that the answer will never, ever come. You see, God, God is a God of two speeds, He's a God of slowly and he's a God of suddenly. And where we're waiting in the slowly, that doesn't mean that the suddenly won't come. But it means that if we're in the slowly part, then there's a purpose to it. And God has something that he wants to do in us. He has something that he wants to do in the people around us. And most importantly, he wants to draw close to us. He wants us to draw close to him. Because ultimately, that is God's heart. More than anything in the world, he wants to know you. Because he loves you. And he wants to know that you accept that love. He wants to know that you love him too. He wants that relationship with you. That is the most important thing to him. And the truth is that answered prayer, it grows our faith. But persevering in prayer, that grows our faithfulness. And we need both. We need both in life. Learning to trust through the trials is such an important part of life with God because we will never learn faithfulness until we live through a period of unanswered prayer and waiting with him. And... We won't always see what God is doing. Like We might sometimes just be left feeling, why am I praying? Why am I keeping on doing this and not hearing anything from God? Um, and so in terms of that question, why, I just want to take a moment to, to look at 
three little things which might answer some of that question is why we're not hearing right now. Why are we in the slowly and why are we not in the suddenly? Um, what is it that we're waiting for and why is it that God is not answering the way that we think? So there's three things that I want to go through. The first one is this. It's God's world. It's God's world. And this is a little bit about perspective. So um, if you've ever like prayed for your team to win, uh, there's, there's a chance that actually that prayer might, might not have been answered. Uh, and the truth is that we live in a world that is about something more than just us. It's about more than our little corner of, of life and our perspective on everything because God is a God of the whole world. Every single person, he's the God of everyone. Um, and so sometimes we might pray things that are in our little perspective, that is, that's kind of down our little way. And, and we've got to recognize that we are part together of God's world and everything that is part of it. I know a couple of friends who, uh, who you know, really, really wanted a, a sunny wedding day. And there's one or two who got drenched on their wedding day. Uh, and that's okay. That's okay because actually it's part of God's world. Uh, anyone who's engaged, it's not going to happen to you, Sarah. No, it's going to be bright and beautiful and sunny. It's going to be boiling. I've asked God and he said. Um, but sometimes it's not. <laughs> sometimes, it, it, um, you know, it's... It, Life doesn't go exactly the way that we want it to. And that's because we need to step back and go, actually, God, this is, this is your world. We're one of seven billion people. This world doesn't belong to us. Maybe my team isn't always going to win, but that's okay. That's okay. We need to learn the bigger picture. The second part is, is God's will. And this can be a really difficult one for us to wrestle with because actually sometimes what God wants for us is not what we immediately want for ourselves. Sometimes we don't always know what's best for us. Sometimes we haven't got the perspective that God has got in terms of God sees the end from the beginning. He sees every part of our lives. He knows where we're going. Uh, and sometimes he makes decisions and, and answers our prayers in such a way that makes us feel uncomfortable or annoyed at the time. But ultimately, God knows and God loves us. He cares for us. And so we can trust him. We can trust his will. There's an example of this in, in Mark 14 where Jesus knows that he is about to go to the cross. And it's a really intimate and difficult moment between Jesus and God because Jesus is distressed and he's frightened because he knows what's coming. And so he prays this prayer. He says, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And if we break that prayer down, what do we see? We say, Abba, Father. He comes to God as the intimate father that he knows and then he says, everything is possible for you. Jesus knows that God is God, that he can do anything that he wants, that he is in control, that he is in charge, that he is good, and that he is powerful. Praying this prayer is not a rejection of, of God's power or authority. He says, God, you can do anything. And then he puts his request to God. He said, God, will you take this cup from me? This is what I want. But then he turns around and he says, but I want what you will, not what I will. That's a prayer that every single one of us can take and apply to every situation that we're in. We can come to him and say, Abba, Father, God, you can do anything. I know that. You are powerful. You can do whatever you want. 
and in that knowledge, here's what I want, but not what I will, but what you will. That's a hard prayer to pray, but it's a really intimate prayer to pray. And when we come and say, here's what I want, God might not answer us with that, but we know that whatever God's answer is, that he will come to us with something that ultimately will build us up is for our good, that ultimately will help see his kingdom come, and in the middle of it, he will be right there with us. His presence is right there with us. And the truth is that God knows best. There are some hard stuff that we have to deal with, but God knows best, so God's will. And then the third and final thing is this, which is God's war. And this is just to say that there is some stuff that happens in the world that is not his will. It's not what God wants, because there's an opposition to the kingdom of God. And whilst ultimately we know that God wins, right now we're still in a battle. And there's something that I want to share on this that might be a little bit difficult for me to share, but bear with me because I will get there. Because nine months ago this month, uh, I lost one of my best friends. And she had lived with a a condition called cystic fibrosis. So for for those who don't know, it's essentially a condition that that affects the, um, the capacity and the ability of your lungs. And I don't know how many times I prayed for God to heal her, uh, for God to get alongside her, and for God to reveal himself to her. We used to sit, and we would chat about God loads. She had loads of questions, and we loved talking about it. Um, But I never quite saw that moment where she turned, and she was like, yes, this is for me. God, I want you. And so I would pray for her regularly. I would pray that God would heal her, and I would pray that God would reveal himself to her. And there was one time where she was in hospital, because that was quite you know, that was routine for her. She was in and out of hospital quite a lot. And we were chatting um, over text on the Thursday and Friday. And then I, I didn't hear from her over the weekend. That wasn't that unusual. Um, but then on the Monday, I got a phone call to say that over the weekend, she'd rapidly deteriorated and that I needed to come into hospital because it was probably time for us to say our goodbyes. So I was driving to a hospital And I was in tears, and I was just praying to God. I was like, God, I trust you. You can heal her. God, come on. God, I believe in you. Will you do this miracle for her? And I got to hospital. And as I arrived, she was there, and she was conscious enough to give me a smile and hold my hand as I walked in. And and we exchanged a couple of words, but she... She wasn't well at that point. She couldn't speak very much. And then there was a friend of mine who was coming and and flying home specially to come and see her. So I agreed that I would pick him up from Manchester Airport. So I got in my car um, from Withenshaw Hospital, and I I drove to the airport. And I picked him up. um, And before I left, I turned to her and I said, I'm going to go pick my friend up. I said, I'll be back soon. I'll be with you in just a moment. And as I picked my friend up from the airport, uh, as we were driving out of the collections area, uh, my car broke down. (laughs) And I was so frustrated. I said, God, come on, what's going on? I need to get back. I need to get back. And in the end, what we needed to do is one of our other friends needed to come and pick him up and take take him to the hospital so he could speak to her. And I just ended up sitting with my car. And I didn't get to see her again. I didn't get to speak to her again. And I wrestled with that, and I struggled with that. 
And when we heard the news, it was the next morning that she'd passed away, um, I had this moment where I was like, God, where are you? And what are you doing? And then I just had this little moment where I, where I just stopped and I said, God, I trust you. I trust you. And that wasn't an answer to the questions. But I heard God speaking back saying, you can trust me with her. You can trust me with her. And like genuinely, like last year, that was probably the most intimate moment I had with God for the whole year. And it was incredible. And it was painful, but it was incredible. And it was difficult, but it was beautiful. And despite all of the stuff that I'd prayed through, and although I didn't see the answer that I wanted or expected, you know what? I've got to a point nine months later, I totally trust God with her. He knows what he's doing. I know that I can come to him and say, God, you can do anything. And I believe it. I still believe it. And here's what I want. But ultimately, it's about what you want. And I trust you because you are God and you know best. And in the middle of that whole period for us as a friendship group, God never, ever, ever abandoned us. We might not have known what God was doing, but he was close by. He was with us the whole time. And so what I want to say is that if you're going through a period at the moment where you're praying for stuff, and you're like, God, where are you? God, we're chasing you down and we don't see what you're doing. Like, I understand. I totally get it. And it can be difficult, but God is there. God is close. What you're going through at the moment is an invitation to some of the most intimate times you could possibly have with God. And the stuff that God will do in you, the way that God will grow you, grow your faith and grow your faithfulness in the middle of that can be amazing and it is available to you. We just need to turn and take hold of him and he will take hold of us and pull each other close and spend that time with him. There are times when we will see incredible answers to prayer because God is good, God is powerful. I wholeheartedly know and believe that. There are times when we will see the slowly become a suddenly and we will see God do incredible things. In the life of this church, there will be times where as you're pursuing God together as a church, you will have moments of suddenlies where God will come in and do something incredible. And in the middle of that, as we persevere, my prayer for you is that you will just know God's love, that you will know God's intimacy because you know what? He is good. He is so good and he loves you to pieces. Whether you know him or not, he loves you. The power in our prayer will come from the place where we know that the one who makes us likes us. He delights in us and he is on your side. And so that is my simple encouragement to you this morning. If you're going through something, get close to God because he will be with you in the middle of it. Um, band, would you like to come up? That'd be great. Would you mind if I just kind of prayed for us as we're finishing? Father God, thank you that you are good, that you are always good. Thank you that you love us unconditionally and unrelentingly. God, thank you that no matter what we're going through, whether we are way up on the mountaintop loving life, whether we are going through the valley and struggling with stuff, thank you that you are there, that you are with us, that you are present, that you are powerful, that you are in control, that you are wise, that you are loving. 
And Father, I pray that you would help us to learn to trust you, that we would lean into you, that we would enjoy you as you enjoy us. God, that in the times of persevering, in the times of wrestling, that we would know we are not abandoned, but that you are close and that your love for us is totally unwavering and unfailing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. Join us next week for another inspirational message.